Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Say this passage of scripture together, and uh, the reason I do this is it's, it's a confession, and uh, confessions found in the Word of God. And so this starts, uh, I didn't do the first part, part A of 15, uh, but we can say this, this, um, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth, and without controversy, Say it. Say, no, say this next part. This is the mystery of godliness. And without controversy. without controversy. No arguments about that. So if it's controversial in our own hearts, the way that's removed is us by, by us saying it, hearing it inside of ourselves. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit. God was seen by angels. He's preached among the Gentiles, the unbelievers, believed on in the world, received up in glory. These are the foundations that can be said, that we can say aloud to ourselves every morning. Every morning we can get up and just grab a scripture and we can say it out loud. And it removes, if you will, and you can be seated now. It can help remove disappointments in life. Um, the sense of disappointment, the very word what disappointment means, so dist is break away or away from appointment. You're disappointed. That means you had an appointment with who? God. There's no, you see, the disc comes in when we believe there's a distance or a delay. But we... We don't have to be, and I know that life, can, I know things can happen. You didn't get the 10-speed bike that you wanted when you were 12, and I understand those are, you know, and I'm making light of it because there's severe disappointments too. But whenever disappointments rise up in our hearts over what's going on, like maybe you had disappointments this week, make an appointment with the one who's there. You won't be disappointed. Pointed. There's no distance, no delay. Great is the mystery of this godliness. You know, if I was going to write it, <clears throat> I'm not Paul writing to Timothy, if I was going to write it, I would say, oh, remember who you are. Remember where he lives. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's stunning, isn't it? We were so we can't spend so much time in the past and spend so much time looking in the future and we forget to live in the now. 
Paul said that's where faith is found. Now, well, the writer of Hebrews. Now faith is. It's in the now. I tend to lean into, you like me, I tend to use faith to lean into something in the future. I'm grasping, well, that's hope. That's different than faith. Faith is right now. Faith is you're going to get on a plane. (laughs) On Thursday morning, it's going to be the right now. That's faith. And that everything's going to work and it's going to go up in the air. It's going to violate the laws of gravity with other laws. So that's how God works in our lives. He uses a greater law to take away one that's inhibiting it. So you're free from the law of sin and death and made alive to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's just like we use the law of aerodynamics and propulsion to free us from the laws of gravity. Is this making sense? It rises up. Rises above. Well, gravity still has effect if you're in an airplane. If you're sitting in an airplane, you're defying the laws of gravity. But if you take your pen or your book that you're reading in the airplane and go like this, what happens to it? It, it fell. Let me try it again. Let's see, I really don't want to do this. I don't want to drop my book, but oh my gosh, my book dropped. And what did it do? Did it go to the earth? It's still in the plane. That's how grace works. Grace is a manifestation of the greater law of Christ. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The truth is, is gravity still there. But the greater truth is, is grace lifted me out of the law of gravity and let me set free to fly in Christ. I'm inside of that aircraft that we call, is it making sense? Because there's so much arguing about grace and law. Grace, the law of life in the spirit has set me free from the law of sin and death. So last week I gave an introduction. I thought, hmm, yeah. You know where God is still manifested? (laughs) In this flesh. He's still made evident to you. Uh, Put Chad on the spot. Did you feel a little love this morning? A little support? Yeah. You should have, because that was God manifesting his love through others to Chad. It's our influence. It's Christ in us. So there's a lot of freedom with this message, and then there's perplexity. The, the trying to understand, well, how, how, does that, how does grace work when I still fail? The perplexity of it, the 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 manifestation then of my own flesh and I do something that I didn't intend to do and I don't do what I know I should do. And how does that work within the grace of God? And then if you proclaim it over your own life and you proclaim it to others, um, they don't like to hear that often. 
Um, the message of grace to the heart that's being set free is the now. When I hear about the grace of God, I get ecstatic. I, I start vibrating. So it's just, it's just like my son a few weeks ago. He drives over to the house and he has purchased a Harley-Davidson Dynaglide. And it's pretty. Oh, it was so pretty. That was just, oh, that's just so pretty. Now, you got to remember, I used to ride. So he pulls in the yard, he pulls in the driveway. He had to get a different tire on it, so he stopped by the house <clears throat> just because he had to get a tire, yeah. He says, Dad, sit on it. And I went, mm-mm. <laughs> no, son, I don't think I ought to do that. He said, no, just sit on it. So I sat on it, and he said, start it up. And I went, uh-uh. No. See, I had all kinds of reasons why I shouldn't enjoy that completely. All kinds of reasons. Everything from money went off in my head to I know what this will do to me. This wakes stuff up in me that you don't have any idea what you're ready to let loose. He just looked at me. I turned that thing on, it made a lot of noise, and it started vibrating, and I started vibrating. <laughs> See, the same way grace works in our lives. We're all so afraid of grace that it's going to keep us from something, that it's going to stop us, or it's going to require, what's it going to do? What's it going to do in my life? Well, baby, throw your leg over that grace and take it for a ride. It'll vibrate you into a new thing, a new being. Is this making sense? We're so, we are so, have been so taught to be afraid of the grace of God. We're going to read this passage of scripture and especially look at the end of it. But we approach grace this way, that if you preach grace to people, they'll do whatever they want. Now, here's what happens at the end of Romans 5 and why it leads into Romans 6. So that means we look at this and we go, well, where grace abounds, sin does more abound. That's what we're saying when we say that. Do you hear that? Wherever grace is, then then people are going to sin. Is that what the scripture says? It says... Where sin abounds, grace does more abound. So our le- the legalistic approach in our hearts, the ones that says, oh, you, you, this is going to be dangerous. I'm driving a motorcycle is dangerous. can't tell you how many times I've been warned since <clears throat> a few weeks ago and I ended up getting another bike. Yeah, it flung a craving upon me. Here's this. Yes, it's dangerous. Grace is dangerous. Because it'll set you free. And the law will keep you bound and keep you bound to earth. And if you try and live in Christ in the law, You'll sit in the driveway 
disappointed with your life or very sure that if you do something, God will be disappointed with you. God has made a great appointment with you. It happened at a cross. He made an appointment with you and he kept it. And he will never be disappointed in what he has done in you. God will never be disappointed what he has done in you. So how can he look at you and go, you're a disappointment to me? Can you hurt his heart? Sure. Can you grieve the Holy Spirit? Yes. But he's not disappointed in you because he would then have to be disappointed in what he did on your behalf. And the last time I looked, he was seen by angels and they're rejoicing. If you go to Revelation, oh my gosh. So, I want you to see yourselves very differently. I want to start inviting you that you look at this, not just hear another message from Lloyd on grace. I want you to become this message. I want you to see that God placed this in you and throw your leg over this motorcycle. Hear it start up and feel it vibrate. You were made to influence others with this. Any other me- a, a message of morality? Listen, we got flocks of millennials that are leaving the church over that message. We got flocks of old, whatever we're called, Gen Xers. I don't know what I was. No, I wasn't Gen X. What was I, Boomer? I was a baby Boomer? Oh, baby. That was a long time ago. this week how would you influence them what would you say to them what what could you find why does what just happened with Chad have to be just here what if there was one person that could be tossed a lifeline of true grace. That they could understand that God loves them just as they are, not as they should be. And they were tossed a message that didn't wind itself into the issues of dealing with sin and morality, but instead was really a lifeline of life. And they were tossed that ring of life that could buoy them up I promise you, if that happened this next week, you would not come to church disappointed. You would want to tell me, if nothing else, but hopefully others, about it. Well, you're obligating me. Mm -mm. No, I'm inviting. Hopefully I'm compelling. clear message of grace is not just words that are written in a book. Bible, John Lynch, 
me teaching the clear message of grace. This is so interesting. You have to really, when we read this stuff, we, we so read not in the now. And we so read not understanding what it is and how and why Paul was communicating things. The church started in a city far away. He helped get it going. He's longing to go visit them. There's all kinds of messes going on, and there's all kinds of people attacking Paul over the message of what he called the gospel of grace in Acts 22. And people actually accusing Paul, and this is why he writes it, that, uh, that if you have the grace of God, you can do whatever you want. You can live however you want. And so he goes, huh, one place he says, may it never be. But he leads up to that. And so Romans is an explanation of why Paul was doing what he was doing with people. That Paul understood this airplane gift that set him free from the laws that had gripped him to the gravity of earth. And he firmly believed that he was free from sin. Not the act of sin, that he was free from the law of sin and death. And he believed that what Christ did on the cross, nobody nobody else had taught him this except actually Christ, the Holy Spirit. That's why it was such a, we read it now going, "Mm -hmm." this this was like, Uh, this was cataclysmic. This is why this letter was hand-copied and shared with other cities. He said, you you guys, you've got to read this. And then when we approach it in that way in our own hearts, it changes. So Paul's explaining the entirety of what, if you will, this is so mind-blowing. He takes them all the way from Genesis at the beginning of creation in Romans 1 and starts building of the journey of our humanness. He talks about how, uh, though they understood, they could see creation, they understood that there was a creator and they decided to worship creation instead of the creator. And he goes, and with that, what they did was they ended up judging their own lives. And then the, the horror, I mean, Romans 2 and even parts of 3 are hard to read. You're either in Romans 1, you go, oh, ooh, yeah, God was unhappy with that ugliness. But then in the midst of that, you get to see him. Mean, he, he beckons them, he takes them through their own heredity to get them to a point of knowing and understanding that God reached out not in anger and hate, but in love. And he takes them through the story of Abraham. He takes them and he connects it. He connects Adam, Abraham, and Christ. And he connects the three of them. And, he, and you can get that in Romans 1 through 4 if you want to read it this week. And then you come to this. We're looking to look at this passage. And we'll stop very shortly. This is going to take a few weeks. I hope you come back. Because this is going to be fun to explore. Listen to this, Romans 5, verse 12. 
Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world. So now he, he's taking everything that he's seen in chapters 1 through 4 and what happened to mankind. And death through sin, and thus death spread to all men. I mean, this was the smallpox of all stuff. Because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law, huh? Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. He goes into this. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounds to many. And you remember where I started with the, gra- the, the symbolism of the gravity. This is exactly what Paul's talking about. He said, you have to understand, yeah, gravity's still around. There's still sinfulness in the earth. Matter of fact, in your flesh, you can still do it. He explains that further in Romans 7. But then he says something absolutely incredible. He said, but grace is greater than that. Christ didn't just die. Christ gave us something. He gave us himself through his grace. And he obliterated the mark and stain of sin on your life. That's that song we sang. How does this affect us today? We want to deal with God with the law of gravity in our life. We want God to deal with us by the way we've fallen. God wants to impart to you and deal with you in an appointment, in an aircraft that can fly far above the earth, and it doesn't ever run out of fuel. This is stunning. This is the one time, you know all that stuff about you're warned about with finances and, and different things? It's too good to be true. This is the one time it's true. Hey, listen, I agree with you. This is too good to be true. And it's true. It's true. It's true. He rescued you. And then he didn't just rescue you. He freed you from the law of gravity. What should we say then to these things? Here's what Paul said. Fly. Fly. Now, I have vertigo. Truth is, I'm scared of heights, too. So it's not just vertigo. I get scared of heights, and then I get scared of the vertigo, and then I get scared of the vertigo and the heights altogether, and I can't do it. Worlds of fun is worlds of terror to me. I don't like the... How come, how come you like the Harley? I don't know. It's different. It's too... too it's, just, it's just different. I don't like... But here's the here's real sense... But I've gotten in airplanes. I think some of us are terrorized and terrified 
to really believe in the freedom of this grace. We're very afraid that we're going to blow it one more time. That was the whole idea behind grace. We get saved in grace and we want our whole past of blowing it wiped out, fresh and new, and now you got to do it right. No, you're going to blow it again. What do I do with that? Same thing that got rid of the past offenses gets rid of the now offenses and it's going to get rid of the one that, yes, you're going to do in 2020. But, 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 but. It's really, it's so good to be that true. And so you can't keep dealing with God according to your sin because God doesn't want you to. He doesn't see you that way. Shall I never confess sin? That's not what I'm saying. God doesn't measure you according to how little or how much you have sinned. You do. God does not. He measures you by one thing. The cross of his son. It's the only measuring device he will ever use. Pretty neat. Pretty cool. Pretty wonderful. Pretty mind-blowing. Great is this mystery of godliness that you, and this is what you should focus on, and what I want to invite you, and I'll close with this, Really, like, uh, where's Raquel? Did she slip away? No? Can you, can you go grab her and you guys come? Let's just, huh? She did? Ah, yeah, they're working on the house. You guys come up and leave. There's Chris. I should have looked over there. And Joanna. I lost track of what I was going to say. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> Stop. I want to invite you into something this week. Don't measure your disappointment in you when you pray to the God who loves you. Don't measure your life as you go to Christ. Now, it's weird because he's in here and he's there. Don't measure you by your lack. Measure you by his grace. Declare something absolutely incredible over your life. That the grace of God has, you're one of the many that Paul wrote about. Looking, can you imagine? I mean, it's sort of like, I gotta just do one more. Is I, I, Brenda and I watched that thing, that interview with Paul McCartney when I can't remember the comedian's name. Did all of you see it? Many of you see it? Oh, so incredible. But listen, McCartney wasn't sitting in his room and have a dream about his mom and then went, 
Oh, years and years from now, this song's still going to impact people's lives. He lived right in the now. Right in the now. He lived in a dream. And he was in a hard time. And his mom came to him in a dream. Just said, let it be. Son, just, just let it be. So we thought he was Catholic. In the times of trouble, when Mother Mary comes to me, it was my, I got one glimpse. You see, that's the way grace of God works. I got a glimpse of what he was actually singing about. It made it more meaningful to me. I thought he was praying to an icon. Mom says, son, let it be. Don't let the let it disappoint you. Don't let it grind you down. God wants to come to you this week and say, oh son, oh daughter, let it be. Just, just live in me. Deal with me and receive from me. Quit trying to manage your sin. Receive from me. Quit trying to make me happy. Receive from me and you'll make me happy. We spend more time trying to predicate our lives based on you're going to do something that makes him happy or do something that disappoints him. And he says, don't stop doing that. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Receive again. This is like, well, you're just like overabundance on this grace and mercy thing. That's right. It's the only thing that can sustain me. I tried the other way. Listen, I tried it for 30 years. Don't do what I did. And don't you dare put your twist on it and teach it to others. You live in this now. Oh, honey, I will cheer you on. Your mama will be cheering you on. Your family will be cheering you on 30 years from now because you'll have a handle on grace and love that we, that we had to fight to get back. Don't lose it now. You stay with it, girl. All of heaven is cheering you on. Christ is with you. Don't let them grind you down. Don't let them steal it. Don't give it away. Don't take it. Grace is yours. Whole life. Come on, stand. Listen, just pray some prayers this week. God, show me the abundance of grace. Show me the abundance of your grace. Don't try and show him your failings, your shortcomings, your lack, your disappointment. Ask him, and then just receive it. I know a woman who's learning to bask and roll around in the deep of God's love. And I'm watching it change that person day after day. It's stunning. Stunning to watch this and have it, have it happen. It's stunning. God wants to stun you with His grace. Yes? Let's sing a song.